For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. What is the gospel? Obviously, it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, but what exactly is the gospel of Jesus Christ? We're going to talk about what people think the gospel is, and we're going to discuss and determine what the gospel is. Stay tuned for this episode of the Doctrine Matters podcast coming at you right now. Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, a tool to help believers rediscover true biblical doctrine and to help them understand and live out their faith in their homes, in their churches, and in their communities. Thank you for listening to this episode. Let's get right to it. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Doctrine Matters Podcast. I recently joked on another podcast that I was a part of. If you have never heard of the Christian podcast community, I would encourage you to go there to look at all of the content that's there. There are many podcasts there. You can find something that you like. There's podcasts for women. There's podcasts about homeschooling. There's podcasts about doctrine, which this is about most of the time, or at least looking at things through a biblical lens. You can find any type of entertainment you want to find. And I say entertainment podcast or for our entertainment at some degree, but they are also for our edification. So not only will you be entertained, you will be edified. Just hop on over to the Christian podcast community and you can find podcasts there. But part of that Christian podcast community is what we do is theology throwdown. Once a month, we gather the podcasters that are available over Zoom, and we have a theological discussion about a certain topic, and we throw down over that from a biblical perspective. Sometimes there's agreement, sometimes there's disagreements, but it's all done in love. But recently, on a theology throwdown, I said that I think I should rename this podcast the Box of Chocolates podcast, because you really never know what it is you're going to get, as Forrest Gump said. And when he said life is like a box of chocolates, you never know what you're going to get. Recently, I did a podcast episode about marriage. And most recently, I did a podcast episode about the Nashville shooter and where was God and why did he allow this to happen? Uh, And this evening on this episode of the podcast, I am going to be discussing the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you are a listener to the podcast, you've heard me proclaim the gospel many times. But um, If you ever talk to somebody else about what the gospel is, go out into your community, outside of the walls of your families, outside of the walls of your churches. And when I say families, your immediate family, if you know the gospel, then you're going to teach that gospel, that true gospel to your family. Uh, But outside of your immediate family, what do people think the gospel is? And I'll tell you where this episode originated from is I was in an event over the weekend and um we asked the pastor, what do you want us to do? What is what is it that you want our church people to do while we're here? And he said, talk to people about Christ. He said, I want these bouncy houses and all this food and all these great things that they have access to 
to be fun, but I don't want them to think that's all we have to offer. I want you to talk to them about Christ. So I said, hey, done. So I was talking around, walking around, talking to folks about Jesus, and I had two very good conversations while I was there with a 65-year-old woman and a 33-year-old male, both of which uh, of whom had been in the church before and in and out of church even now. One of them was. And um, we started talking about the gospel. And uh, I started asking them questions about Jesus and the gospel and what they think. And and uh, I asked one woman, and it was heartbreaking. Both of these conversations were heartbreaking. Um, one of the ladies I asked, she was a 65-year-old lady, had cool hair. <laughs> she had purple and gray hair. It was pretty cool. Uh, that's how I opened up the conversation with her, just started talking about her hair. And uh, it, I was able to find that that switch, that time where uh, I was able just to go all in and change the the turn that conversation around for the gospel. And uh, we started talking about the gospel and I asked her how w- what will let her into heaven? Why will God let her in? And she said, well, my slate's been wiped pretty clean. Uh, I've got a good record. God likes me and I've never killed anybody of of. You know, I've asked forgiveness for some of the things I've done in my life for people I've hurt and all this. So I think I've got a pretty clean slate, good record, and and God likes me. And I tell you, that's the gospel to her. And we'll get into the gospel here in just a few minutes. But we have to understand that that is not the gospel. The gospel is not God likes you. As a matter of fact, if you were to read Psalm chapter 5, Proverbs 6, you will see maybe even something different, that God hates all evildoers. But those whom he chosen, he has brought in, and he will call to himself, and they will respond in repentance and faith. And people respond in repentance and faith by hearing the gospel, which is why we preach and proclaim the gospel, not just in our churches and our families, but outside of the walls of the church and the home, in the communities, in our jobs, in our schools, and everywhere we find ourselves as we go about our daily business, we should be asking God to open up opportunities for us to share the gospel because people simply don't know the gospel. I live in what is referred to as the Deep South. I am born and raised. I was born and raised in Mississippi, and I am now currently living in Arkansas. So we're in the Deep South here, and Everybody's a Christian here, and if you're not watching on YouTube, I'm putting this in air quotes, everyone is a Christian, right? In the South, it's because their daddy was a pastor, their granddaddy was a deacon, or I was raised in church, so that somehow in people's mind automatically makes them a Christian. However, when you start to really dig into people's lives and start to have them talk back to you and hear their representation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, you will quickly find that people that you might assume might or, or should know the gospel don't know the gospel. They cannot tell you what the gospel is, and it's all wrong. And really, you should be able to proclaim the gospel. You should be able to tell what the gospel is in 30 seconds or less. And when, I, when we get there, I'll show you even a passage of Scripture you can memorize that is the gospel. But I had this conversation with this 65-year-old lady, and I told her that the only way that she's going to have her record expunged and her slate wiped clean is through the blood of Christ. And I laid out the gospel for her, and she just 
it was kind of indifferent to it and just didn't really want to engage any further. I could tell she was trying to get away and I was going to let her, but she kept talking and uh, just really laid out the gospel for her and, and, and encouraged her to repent of her sin and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And she went away and got some food and little did she know that our church family were serving the food she went to and she told them, well, I would have been over here sooner, but that man got to talking to me and wouldn't let me leave. So <laughs> that's the kind of response that we got from that gospel conversation. It was me holding her hostage, I guess. But uh, nevertheless, ple- seeds were planted and the gospel went forth, and uh, which led to the second conversation of the day. I talked to a 33-year-old male and uh, he's had a tough life, learned about his life, learned about his kids, learned about everything that's going on in his life and really um, started proclaiming the gospel to this young man. And um, he began to really just be combative. Not really, I don't want to say combative. That's not the right word, but very uh, opinionated about the gospel. Um, he believes that because we are made in God's image and Jesus came to this earth, if Jesus is God, that means we're all gods. And if you just tuned in, if you just kind of like, well, what? Let me just say this again. He believes we are all gods, and that is wrong. We are not all gods. Even when we become Christians, we are not gods, as uh, little God theology is preached in a lot of the um, heretical churches where they teach prosperity, health, and wealth type uh, theology. Uh, So little God theology is wrong, but this guy says everybody, even if you're not saved, is a god. And that is simply wrong. And uh, one of the statements that he made was that Jesus is no better than him. And let me just say that this young man has spent time in jail for drugs and different things and uh, has seen some dark places. And if you know the scriptures, you know that Jesus was nothing like that. You can look at your own sin. You may not have been in some super dark places. You may not have ever been in a jail, but you can look at your own sin and you can clearly from the scriptures reason and say that Jesus was nothing like me and I nothing like Jesus because I am a sinner. And the Bible teaches he was perfect and sinless because he had to be to make a way for us to be restored to God. And he made a way for us to be saved. And just this thinking from the people in the South that have been in church that have heard the gospel, they never really truly heard the gospel. They don't know the gospel. And I think that we can find ourselves, if we're not careful, really thinking that people know it and almost excusing ourselves from being able or having to proclaim it. The Bible says, go and make disciples. To make disciples, we have to proclaim the gospel. We have to preach Christ and Christ crucified. And from that, when they are converted, when they respond in repentance and faith, then we pour our lives into them, teaching them how to live a Christian life. So we have to understand how to proclaim the gospel. But that's the problem. We think regardless of what section of the world you're in, in my context, a lot of people think that People know it, that they don't need to hear it because there's. this is the city of churches where I'm at. 
This is uh, the land of churches and banks and restaurants. If you want to choose any of those three things, there's one on every corner. And churches are no exception. There are churches everywhere in my city alone. And if we're not careful, we can think that an overchurched knows the gospel. But sadly, I could tell you there's, and I don't know how the real number, but I'm just going to make up this number. 3,000 churches could be in our city alone, but I can tell you our city is not overchurched. It may be overchurched and overran with institutionalized places that claim to be churches, but they are not preaching the true gospel, apparently, because here's the thing. People even inside many of these churches can't even articulate and proclaim the right gospel or the true gospel. And this is a problem, especially if you claim to be a believer, because in the book of Galatians, Paul says, if anybody teaches a different gospel, not that there is one, let that person be accursed. That's strong language. That that means let that person be damned to hell. And that is enough right there to want to know how to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ with accuracy. It is very important that you know the gospel and can proclaim it. And then we have to get outside of our comfort zone. I I told our church Sunday morning that if you're afraid to preach the gospel and and you're afraid of what might happen or what people may say, then you've got to stop being afraid and you just got to do it. You've got to trust Christ. You've got to trust the Lord and knowing that you can handle what he has given you. You, as a believer, should be very articulate and know down to the smallest details about, about how to proclaim the gospel and preach the gospel to a lost and dying world. Other people would say, well, I'm scared, but others would say, that's the pastor's job. That's the elder's job. That's the deacon's job to be able to go out and proclaim the gospel. No, that's not true. It is every believer's job to preach the gospel, not just in the church, but outside of the church. All of us, every single day, find ourselves at our jobs. We find ourselves in our homes. We find ourselves at Walmart, the ball fields, and wherever else you mix and mingle with people where you could actually have conversations, it is in those places and in those times where you should be able to preach the gospel. Why? Because there are so many people in our culture that are dying and going to hell. And if we're not careful, that blood is on our hands. So we must be, as believers, people who are constantly seeking ways and, and and opportunities to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ because people are dying and going to hell. You often hear this story if 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 there was a a road that is out it's it's going to end in a cliff and and there's a bus full of people coming they don't know that the that the, the driver doesn't know that the bridge is out or whatever the case may be and you do and you're standing there on the side of the road you're going to do everything in your power to wave that bus driver down you're going to try to everything you can to make that person stop why because if they keep going it's going to end in their destruction they're all going to die why do we not have that same zeal when it comes to the proclamation of the gospel because people are dying they're going off that proverbial cliff every single day under our watch and we are sitting back not doing a thing because we are too timid 
or we may not know what to say if they ask us a question that we don't know the answer to. And if you don't know the answer to a question, the response is, you know what? I don't know, but I'll get back to you on that. We're sitting there timid. We're sitting there not knowing what we may say or how to answer a question. Uh, We believe it's somebody else's job to proclaim the gospel. And then there's other people that are just sitting back and they're reading theology books and uh, they have their nose stuffed in a Bible, but they're not getting out and doing what the Bible has called them to do. That's a problem as well. You can fill your head full of knowledge. You can fill your head full of uh, all the things that you want to do in this life when it comes to Christ and theology and theology proper and all those things. But if you fail to preach the gospel and proclaim the gospel to a lost and dying world, you, I believe, are in sin. I, when I know that I should be preaching the gospel to people on the streets or wherever I come in contact with people, and if I fail to do that, I'm in sin because I'm neglecting to do what God has called us to do. The Bible is clear that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I must be willing and ready and able to proclaim the word of God to a lost and dying world because there are people out there that have no clue what the gospel is. They have no clue what Christ did. They have no clue that it's Christ that bridges that gap, that makes a way to God, and it's through the shed blood of Christ. So I told you that every believer must be able to articulate the gospel in at least 30 seconds or less. And one of the the best scriptures you can look at to just know what the gospel is, I believe, is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul says in verse 3 and 4, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. That is the gospel in a nutshell. So what we must take from that then and begin to evolve the gospel And our understanding of the gospel is we look at this and we say that Christ died for our sins. Well, what does that mean? We are sinners. We have sinned against God. The Bible tells us that if we've broken one of God's laws, we've broken them all. And let me just be clear. There are 614 laws that are throughout the scriptures that make up the mosaic and uh, the moral law and uh, all of these things. Um, So we have broken all 614 laws. And you say, I don't know about that. I don't, I don't think I've broken all those laws. The Bible says you have if you've broken one. So let's just play this out here. If you've ever stolen something, if you've ever lusted about after someone, if you've ever hated someone, um, if you've ever told a lie, uh, you've broken one of God's laws, you are under judgment now. That one sin has broken all of God's laws, and you stand condemned. If you die in that sin, you will go to hell. And because God is a God of love and a God of wrath. Now, I could go on a rabbit trail here when we're thinking about God being a God of love, and we could spend a lot of time talking about what love is, what God's love looks like. It doesn't look like what the culture's love looks like. I will just tell you that. We can't just say love is love. And expect God to be okay with it because God is a God of wrath. He is a just God. He will not let sin go unpunished. So if you have broken one sin, if you have told one lie in your lifetime, you are a sinner condemned to hell. And there's nothing you can do about it. 
but the scriptures are beautiful. There are two words in the book of Ephesians chapter two that says, but God, God being rich in mercy and grace and love sent his son, Jesus Christ to this earth. The Bible says he humbled himself and he came to this earth to die in our place because we've got a debt and we're going to have to pay it or Christ is going to pay it for us on the cross. See, in the Old Testament, there were animal sacrifices that would have to be done year after year after year. There were temporary sacrifices, but Jesus comes and he is the permanent final sacrifice and makes a way for everyone to be made right with God and to be able to enter into the kingdom of God on the day of judgment. So he sends Jesus. Jesus, the Bible says in Philippians, humbles himself even to the point of death, dying the death that you and I both deserve because we have sinned. And he dies the death we deserve. Not only dies the death, he takes the beating, he takes the ridiculing, he takes the mocking, he takes all of those things. He suffers in our place, dies the death we deserve on a cross. He was then buried. And as Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, was raised on the third day. He was resurrected. And the Bible goes on to teach us that Jesus then ascended back to the Father and is now seated at his right hand. The Bible also says that we should repent of our sin. So when we recognize that we have sinned against a holy and perfect God, just like the people I talked to this past weekend, they think they're okay. They think God likes them. They think they have nothing to do. They think Jesus was just as bad as we were and sinful as we were. It's just that's their view of the gospel, but that's not true. But when we truly understand that we have sinned against a holy and perfect God, we will feel the weight of that sin. When we feel that weight of that sin, that brokenness that comes along with that, the Bible says repent. Part of repenting is seeking forgiveness, just asking God to forgive you for sinning against him. And repenting means to turn now. We turn from our sinful ways, our sinful lifestyle, and we put our faith in Christ. So we turn from sin toward Christ, put our faith in Christ, believing what Paul said, that he died for our sins, that he was buried, and in the three days he arose. And then we can believe that he ascended back to heaven and that he did this in your place. And the Bible says, if you repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. So you have to respond to the gospel. The gospel simply means good news. And it is great news to know that we have a way. We can escape condemnation. We can escape the wrath of God by putting our faith in Christ Jesus alone. We will never be able to obtain salvation on our own. We cannot work for it. There is nothing good we can do. We can't read the Bible enough. We can't go to church enough. We can't sing in the choir enough. We can't take up offering enough. We can't be a greeter enough. We can't keep the nursery enough. We can't talk to students enough. We can't do anything enough, give enough. We can't do anything to earn salvation. Salvation, Ephesians 2, is by grace through faith and it is not of ourselves, not of work, so that any man should boast. We boast in Christ alone because he came to pay our sin debt. And the Bible says if you repent, turn from that sinful lifestyle, turn from those sinful ways, put your faith in Christ, 
believe that he came, died, was buried, and rose again. The Bible then says you will be saved. You will have a newness of life because the Holy Spirit at that moment enters in to the believer. You now have the power of God living within you. And it's the blood of Christ that was shed that wipes the sweat slate clean, that uh, gives you a way into eternity with him after the day of judgment. And it's the Holy Spirit that enters you, that causes you now to be more like Christ. That is the goal, sanctification, to become more like Christ. You can leave that sinful lifestyle behind. You can leave the drugs, the alcohol, the pornography, the sexual addiction, the the pills, uh, the pride, the idols, anything that you've made an idol. You can leave that lifestyle behind when you turn to Christ in faith. And he works in and through you by the power of the Holy Spirit, making you more like him. So that way you now live for him, have a, a new outlook on life even. You have an abundant life, the Bible says, because you have forsaken yourself and your sin, and you've put your faith in Christ, believing that he came, died, was buried, and rose again for you. And that is the gospel. And one day, friends, I believe he's coming back. I believe that he is coming back. He will return, and he will make all things new. Everything will be made new. Sin will be done away with. There will be no more death, no more pain, sorrow, sickness, tears. He'll wipe away every tear. And those that have have trusted Christ by repenting of sin and putting their faith in Christ, they will enter into eternity with him. But for those who do not respond in repentance and faith and accept Christ, they will be sent away for all of eternity where they will have to endure the full wrath of God forever. That will be their punishment because they neglected such a wonderful, beautiful Savior, one who died for them in their place. They rejected Christ. Now they will spend eternity in hell. And folks, you and I as believers must be willing and ready to tell that story. We must be willing and ready and able to tell people the bad news that they're sinners and they're going to hell unless they repent of their sin and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Lives are at stake. Souls are at stake. Eternity is at stake. We can't just think people know the gospel. We can't just think somebody else is going to do it. We can't just sit back and wait on somebody else to do it or wait on our nerves to calm. We must approach it with boldness because it matters. Don't let people slip through the cracks. Pray that God would allow you to have gospel conversations with people throughout the week. You're not going to be able to physically have gospel conversations with everybody you come in contact with. That's why we must pray that God would allow us that opportunity. And when it arises, you will know it, and you must do what God has called you to do and be obedient. If somebody isn't saved, these two people walked away from me this past Saturday. They didn't give their lives to Christ. There was no miraculous change. But I encouraged them to think about what they heard. Think about the gospel. Think about Christ. Think about their life. Just think about it. Because I know the Bible says that somebody plants a seed. Other people will water it, but God causes the growth. So we have to trust Christ in our gospel uh, proclamation and conversations 
that we don't have to save anybody. We can, from now until the day we die, we can have a gospel conversation with one person a day and nobody that we know right then and there will may never give their life to Christ. But we've been obedient to plant seeds or water seeds that have already been planted. We just must be obedient to the scriptures and do what God has called us to do. Because there is a world out there, and I can promise you, it is full of people just like the 65-year-old lady and a 33-year-old man that I talked to this weekend. They didn't know the gospel, but they heard it. A, a seed was either planted or watered, and God is going to do what he wills with those two people. Their life may end, and they may experience the wrath of God for eternity, or someone else can come along and preach the gospel, and they respond in repentance and faith. And that's what we pray for. God's will be done because he is the God of salvation. He is the Lord of salvation. Salvation belongs to him. But we must be obedient to be the means in which people hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I want to encourage you to really understand the gospel and really start praying that you would have opportunities to share the gospel and share your faith. And let me just say this as I close. Your personal testimony is not the gospel. You preach the gospel, and you can intertwine your personal testimony. That is fine. But you must preach Christ and Christ crucified, dead, buried, and raised. That is the gospel. I encourage you to learn it, preach it, proclaim it, shout it, and pray that God would do what he wills in that salvation. And pray that you would be obedient to what he's called you to do as a believer. If you would like to talk more about how to reach people with the gospel, how to start co gospel conversations, if you would like to know more about the gospel itself, if you are not a believer and you know that, and you'd like to speak to somebody about uh, what it looks like to become saved and how one becomes saved, it's simply repenting and believing the gospel. Many people will tell you, you got to go to a church and walk an aisle and you got to do these things and all this magical prayer that you have to say and repeat after me. No, the Bible says repent and believe. You can do it right in your seat. If you did, I'd love for you to reach out. Doctrine Matters Podcast at gmail.com. You can respond there on the YouTube comments uh, or on the Facebook Doctrine Matters Podcast there. Um, but I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your thoughts, your comments. I'd love to hear what you have heard from people when you have witnessed to people about what they think the gospel is and how they think they're going to enter heaven. I'd love to hear your stories as well. Drop them in the comments. And if you haven't subscribed to the channel, if you've made it this far after nearly 30 minutes, if you are here, I would just love it if you would subscribe to this channel and like it and maybe even hit that bell. So whenever a new video comes out, you'll be the first one to see it. And if you are listening on an audio platform, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Dr. Matters Podcast. I hope it's been helpful, encouraging, and edifying. And until next time, God bless.